Welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. So it's a tough day remembering murder victims, not something we really like to talk about at church. We like to be hopeful and joyful. People of good news. Well, we only know good news because there's bad news. And so there's a plan. There's a plan. There's three steps to a group of people or the world or any organization lifting something out that's a big master plan, right? God has a master plan for us. And there's three steps that I would label. You may disagree with me, and that's okay. I'm up here today. You're just going to have to deal with my way to say it. The first step is dreaming, capturing the vision. We have a hard time doing that, or at least I do. I only know life as I've ever seen it. How would I know it any different? Dreaming means somehow stepping beyond what I've come to know and imagining new possibilities, new ways to see things, and capturing that in a vision. And God often comes to us and grants vision to those among us, those dreams of how it could be. And then there's taking the dreams and getting them down and maybe like a blueprint. Anybody here ever built a house, been a part of designing, building a house? Can you get very far without blueprints? If you just lay materials out and let people just start into it, it's gonna be a big waste of time. It's gonna cause a lot of trouble. You have a blueprint. Now my dad used to be the one to take the blueprint and he didn't draw them. But he would take them and he had his tools and he would figure out exactly how many nails and boards and everything they would need. He was pretty good at it. But he had to go by the blueprint. If he ignored the blueprint, well, then it was doomed from the get-go. And everyone has to look at the same blueprint. If they're all looking at different blueprints, oh man, it's a good thing we have no idea what that reality is. And then you take the blueprint and you develop what I call the game plan. Now, I'm a big sports person regular size sports. I just are really into them. But uh, if you ever watch sports, you can watch if, if somebody subjects you to watching football today. Let me just give that as an example. Most coaches come into the game with a game plan. They have the first several plays scripted out. We're going to run these no matter what happens. They've watched film. They've, they've developed their plan. They have the blueprint for success, and then they've laid out how they're going to achieve that. And then they go through those plays, and then they adjust the game plan according to what they're seeing. The good coaches are excellent at adjusting the plan. And that goes just beyond football. That's any sport, that's any activity. Those in charge need to adjust, even the architect. Amen? Because sometimes things pop up we didn't anticipate. Micah 4 is our passage today, verses 1 through 4. It's a vision cast by the prophet, a dream. God's dream. Now, it's good for us as we prepare for this dream to get our feet kind of planted in a, in a good place of understanding. And I'll just use a, a familiar picture of Daniel and the lion's den. You familiar with this story? We all know this as children. You've heard the story of Daniel and the lion's den, Daniel who stands among vicious beasts and yet is unharmed. It's a metaphor. It was a metaphor for the prophet of Israel being surrounded by more powerful nations that were like beasts, vicious, 
ready to consume, and yet God is with Israel. So imagine Micah talking to the same crowd, the same situation, casting a dream about God's reality. Now, Micah gave another vision just before chapter four. This vision was that Jerusalem was a plowed field. Not a good vision. Jerusalem's gone and been turned into something else by one of these beasts who's overtaken it and has turned it into farmland. That's the first vision. And now we will hear the second vision, Micah 4, verses 1 through 4. But in the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of the mountains. It will be lifted above the hills. People will stream to it. Many nations will go and say, come, let's go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God, so that he may teach us his ways and we may walk in God's paths. Instruction will come from Zion and the Lord's word from Jerusalem. God will judge between the nations and settle disputes of mighty nations which are far away. They will beat their swords into iron plows and their spears into pruning tools. Nation will not take up sword against nation. They will no longer learn how to make war. All will sit underneath their own grapevines, under their own fig trees. There will be no one to terrify them, for the mouth of the Lord of heavenly forces has spoken. The word of God in scripture, the word of God among us, the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. I like that second vision better. Amen? Israel bringing a kingdom dream to earth where everyone seeks out God's way. Bringing the kingdom dream amidst violent realities. Their way, of course, is God's way. It should be Israel's way. The second vision is not a new dream. It's the original dream given to the first human beings given to Abraham, to Noah, to Moses, to David, to every generation we could go on and on, the prophets, God has granted this dream. And it's still a dream today. Not the reality, but it is the dream. We even have a blueprint of sorts, right? The law, that was the blueprint for Micah and his people, that that would guide them and teach them how they were to build the kingdom but they struggled to live it out. They were no different than us. They struggled to live in God's way. We get that. And so here we are at a crossroads, just as they were then. Two visions. The choice is ours. We can see the land become a plowed field. We can see all that we know and love and stand for pass away, or we can see other people's coming to learn God's way through us, from us, because we're living it out. We could continue in the state of opposition and competition, play the games of the nations, pride and arrogance and war, playing by other ways, ways that aren't of God, or to lay down weapons, to trust in an entirely different kind of sword, one that is for plowing and pruning one that is for growing and tending and providing. They have the vision, God's vision. They have the blueprint. 
God's design for humanity and all the earth. They just need to adjust their game plan. They've been playing the world's game, and it's leading to their destruction. That's where it leads. You play the game of who's on top. No one stays on top for long. Amen? So here we are today, play the same games around us that we know doesn't take us anywhere good, or submit ourselves to God's way, revealed in a much better way than the law ever could in Jesus Christ, God's own self and spirit and way in flesh and blood. We call Jesus the way, the truth, the life, because we are to guide our footsteps in that way, in truth and life. God has given us all we need. Jesus is the model, so let's consider the things Jesus did. Jesus spent a lot of time outside the religious buildings, connecting with people who were hurting, connecting with people cast off, and we're called to follow. And I know that's scary. We much prefer the kingdom dream we're able to muster in this space and this time, and it's a good thing to do on Sunday mornings, but there are violent realities out there that are never going to change if we don't bring the kingdom dream beyond these walls. We don't go to them with all the answers, but simply to connect with them and let our lives be the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus shining through us, to open ourselves to see them as human beings. People who are involved with gun violence, they are no less human than we are. Amen? Hearing their stories will awaken our hearts and our minds to the bigger story of our world that, frankly, I don't want my daughters to be a part of. But if I'm to follow Jesus, won't we all be a part of that, that world too? Not of it, but in it. There are already people of God in and among our neighbors, those who are hurting the 94,000 they grieve the loss of loved ones today, and we are to go and find them, stand alongside of them, learn from them. And maybe that starts with us reading the news and the headlines, and you can't, I do it on my phone, and it's just like bad headline, bad headline, bad headline, bad headline, bad headline, bad headline. Anybody with me? Maybe I just read that without rushing to judgment or not turning the page because I don't feel like seeing that news today. Now, there's a difference. I don't want it to consume me and be the only perspective. I don't want the violent reality to become the only dream I see. But I've got to see the violent reality and hold that with the kingdom dream. Maybe we read of murder victims and stop assuming we know the whole story based on what they look like. Maybe we read the names of those lost and stop assuming that we know their hearts. Maybe we can start to see fellow human beings in the eyes of everyone, even those who aren't acting very human, because there are mothers, there are fathers, there are siblings and grandparents and children grieving today. Maybe we can engage the violent realities around us with a kingdom dream once more. But we must catch that kingdom dream. We must hold it with all that we have. We must nurture it and share it with one another. We are invited into that process every day in our faith. We read scripture not to, not to bolster our own sense of self-worth, but to have the eyes of our hearts and minds opened to what God is trying to instill in us in this dream. 
Not just today, Micah says, but for the days to come, the next generation. What is the world you envision in the kingdom dream reality? What do you picture? What will it be like on that day that is coming? Would we even know how to function? We can't turn on the news and see all the bad news. Would we even know what to do? What would we talk about if we didn't have things that make us mad and angry? Do you see the dream of all the weapons of death and destruction being converted to tools of growth and sustenance? Can you see that for real? Can you picture it? Can we even picture the militaries around the world becoming farming groups? What would that look like? Can we imagine God's reality where no one group or nation cares about being the best or the most powerful or the most right? Can we envision what it's like for us to stop focusing on people agreeing with us on any one particular thing and instead having something else to talk about and write about and live for? I can see a day. I can see a day where we no longer mourn the victims of violence. I can see a day when the church is not contained in any one building, but it is present on every street corner, where it is present in everyone's world by action. Not to shout and point fingers, but to uplift and praise where God is already at work. To live our faith out in love and gratitude, giving of our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, and our witness, refusing to play the world's games. Refusing to see anything but a beloved human in everyone we meet or read about. Refusing to find anything else to do with our resources than being a part of the building of God's blueprint, God's dream. Bringing the kingdom to life, toppling the violent realities around us. What a day it will be. Amen? We've got to hold that picture. And we have to hold it tight. And then consider where God is calling us to bring that to vision today. What's the blueprint for today? What's the game plan? And maybe where do we need to adjust? One day, we will turn to each other in this room and we'll no longer say, where do you stand? And instead, we'll say, what do you need? How can I serve you? How can God put me to use for the kingdom dream in your life? What a day it will be when we turn our eyes to our community and we stop pointing our fingers and instead we just start uplifting the good we see because God's Holy Spirit is already at work beyond our walls, amen? Jesus Christ is already present in those who are vulnerable, hungry, imprisoned, and in need of just the basic things to live. Jesus is in them. God's already there. Can you see it? When you pass the next person at a street corner, when you see someone struggling, when you read about them, ask yourself, can you see Jesus in them? Have you caught the dream? Are you studying the blueprint? Are you adjusting the game plan? We have two choices. So what will you choose? I invite us to spend time in prayer this morning in our Sunday school classes or in our study throughout the week and our conversations with our church family. What does the kingdom dream look like to you? And then, when we catch that vision, we will go to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of our world, 
to go and see where the Holy Spirit is already at work and to be a part of the violent realities transforming into the kingdom dream for us all. Are you ready? Are you ready to do more than this? Are you ready when someone stands before you that makes you really uncomfortable? Ooh, no yeses. That's real. That's honesty. That's confession. Let us continue to do that with each other. It's not going to happen overnight. But let's begin adjusting our game plan. Amen. We thank you for joining us today. And it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com. 